Yeah, no, I thought it was um I thought it was really bad mostly because uh like I just couldn't buy that Grey Worm who had this like berserk moment in the last episode, right? Whenever uh uh Daenerys uh starts just unleashing her uh, her dragon and her the fire and fury thing. Like there's that shot of Grey Worm, you know, pushing forward and like supporting that and he kind of sees John hesitating and uh starts issuing like a, a counter command or whatever to like retreat and gray worm is just like so annoyed and and pissed off at like his yeah. dis- this display of uh disloyalty and betrayal um and then all of a sudden like fast forward to this episode and now it's gotten way worse right now john has actually murdered daenerys um <laughs> like ultimate betrayal and he's just like yeah i guess just send him to the wall and like whoever you guys that are all related to him and support him, uh, choose as his replacement, uh, or as the new, the new King or queen. Uh, even the sheer it. fact, even the sheer fact that he was like willing to negotiate anything. Like how is John even still alive at this point? Like why was a gray worm? Like, fuck this. Like you're dead now. Yeah. They uh, yeah. gray worm. Like if this show had any kind of like logic or coherence at this point, gray worm would have tried to take the throne. Right. Or like he would have tried to finish, finish off the work. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I and mean, he, it's just and he could have done it. He had the Unsullied. He would have had the Dothraki. I don't know how many. I never know. I couldn't keep track of like the numbers and how many of the like, people survived the previous fights and stuff. But uh, I think they were counting on us not keeping track of the numbers. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think before it was bad. Like I think yeah, the show probably peaked with like the Red Wedding thing, right? Like that was that just caught. That was like the most defining moment of the show, and they had definitely a few good seasons and moments after that. But uh, it's really been in kind of like a steady decline. And then it's a pretty steep decline uh, last season, starting last season. But everything up until this last episode to me was like, oh, the show just like went downhill, right? Like it just the quality just fell off and the storytelling fell off. But this finale itself to me, like I was like Katie and I were just laughing. Like, yeah, this was, yeah, this yeah, was, yeah. It made yeah. no sense. It was that's what I said. And I, I posted about it on Facebook. I was like, this just was so much worse than I ever could have imagined because it was I was ready for it to be bad and I was ready for it to be like very fan servicey and like not really make a lot of sense. But basically you have like a kind of, um, you know, one big moment early in the show and then just like a bunch of dumb, incoherent conversations that make no sense with any of the characters involved. And they just forced this wrap up. And I, I guess are they supposed to do spinoffs? They like seem to be setting up all these spinoffs with the different Stark characters. And I, I don't know. The show just really jumped the shark. It was I, it was one of my least favorite experiences ever watching TV. Yeah, it was really, really bad. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. And I was just so grateful for that Raptors game. Like I was so gra- grateful that like, cause if, my, if my if if they hadn't played on Sunday last night, if they hadn't played at the same time and I had just been like orienting my weekend around this finale. That would have just been dark like that. I might not have been able to. Yeah. 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 I was watching with friends yesterday and it was just like, yeah, after after. So we watched the Raptors game and after that we put on the show and after the show was over, like, wow, you know, like, thank God for the Raps, you know? Yeah, definitely. That that game was actually even and it wasn't even like the greatest game ever, but it was like, you know, it had some suspense and like it it made sense. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And and like and yeah, like you said, like Sandra and I, like all season long, I've kind of just been laughing at the show. It's just like hysterical at some points. And and, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself that like the showrunners are the guys who are like now set up to uh, do this uh, like Confederate America show, which is like all sorts of questions around that. So you're like, you know, like, what can you really expect? you know yeah i i think that's a good that's a good point to kind of like moderate the the blowback is like yeah you were setting yourself up for for disappointment if you thought that the show had some sort of edge or like 
um, prescient critique of like, uh, you know, some sort of meaningful political message that, that made sense it, for the moment. Yeah, had- you were definitely setting yourself up for disappointment if you thought that was coming. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, they, they went with the most, uh, like the dullest, uh, worst possible version of how the show could wrap. It was really, yeah. really, yeah. really, yeah. really yeah. incredibly dull and like trying to be co- controversial, I guess, but in the lamest way possible. Uh, yeah, it, it felt a lot like uh, we, you can compare it to basketball, obviously, but it, what it really felt like for me was like this uh, democratic primary process. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like uh, you know, as bad as things were in Westeros, it could have been worse. They could have had like somebody concerned about like justice in charge. Yeah. Uh, and so fortunately, they dodged that bullet. Now, obviously, like, I don't know if Danny was like the best uh, version of that, but like there was certainly potential there and something interesting and kind of like morally uh fraud yeah. or I, I, I do and, and they just ditched all that. Uh, i do one one like bright spot about this season has been uh like the the turn of uh like danny and all the all the like usually resistance hashtag resistance yes. people who call yeah, their, yeah, yeah, who yeah, named yeah. their kid khaleesi several years ago and are now trying to reckon with that they're like wait what what is yeah, happening they want, right like, now? The show rewritten and reshot so that uh, she can oh still my be, god like, yeah boss. yeah wasn't there like a, a petition on like change.org to have this like season reshot yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like come on guys yeah, yeah. like yeah no so that was that was weird um the whole thing was just everyone was disappointed all around which is <laughs> i think there were actually some people that didn't mind it but that's just because like they're such good fans you know they had such an attachment to the show and they just can't be they can't be critical but I uh, guess that's like, which I don't hate, but that's uh, kind of like us still, with the raps, you know, so you can't blame them. I guess yeah. it's kind of like us with the raps. Yeah. We did pick them in seven against uh, a team that they, they really struggled to beat in two overtimes. I'm, I'm still sticking with that. Raps in seven. Me too. I'm me too. With it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I came away. Let's talk. Let's talk about that game last night because yeah, that was definitely the, uh, the highlight of the weekend. This is a Raptors podcast. Uh, this is not Game of Thrones podcast. We yeah. no, and a lot of and on like I mean, there's there is a certain uh, website and uh, NBA podcast network out there that really has cornered the market on uh, Game of Thrones basketball talk. So we're not trying to do that. I've been avoiding that uh, all the way here, but it's hard not to after that uh, that finale. Yeah. But um, but. Yeah, no, the game was really good. So just anyone who missed it, the game was close all the way through. The Raptors pretty much had a steady lead, but they could never really open up a big lead. I think they had a lead of 11 points maybe at a couple of times throughout the game, um, but they never felt like they had pulled away. No, yeah, it was, it was close. Any throughout. real separation. Yeah, it was a close game throughout. And then they had two late leads. They had a late lead in the fourth quarter and then a late lead in the first overtime, and they, they couldn't quite put it away until finally kind of Kawhi took over in the second overtime and just clearly just was refusing to lose, refusing to go down three Oh. And, uh, we squeaked out. Yeah, a win. That was majestic. That, that Kawhi performance was majestic. Like just seeing him limping around the court and just despite all that kind of willing us to victory was just beautiful to watch. And like I, time again, I'm going to say it, that this is fucking amazing. We have Kawhi on our team. And I really hope he yeah. stays. Yeah. It's, uh, that's what I want to think. That's what I'm interested in talking about the most right now. Is that like how do we perceive this team right now? They're they're down two one. They were down two one in the semifinals against uh, Philly, uh, conference semifinals. But we still came away from that series feeling like 
you know, we still arrived in a more serious or meaningful way because we do have a player like Kawhi who can hit that game winning shot in game seven. We still have that player. That's the reason we're only down two one right now. Um, but also, I mean, it was like it was really close. The margin for error was was non-existent. It was it came right down to double overtime. I I also still feel like we're we're overmatched here, even though obviously you know keeping faith Raptors in seven. But uh, it, it it has been a little bit frustrating and disappointing to see that we haven't been as good as I had thought we were. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that's jumped out to me is uh, the Bucks' depth, and I, and like usually people people talk like kind of snide at at the idea that depth matters in the playoffs, but like the Bucks the Bucks have like it's not like the Raptors bench mob last year where like the bench was our best lineup. It was it's like the the Bucks not only have a generational superstar in their team in Giannis, which we did have last year, but they also have just like good players. Like across the board, you know, I'm looking at the box score from yesterday. Their two top scorers were George Hill and Malcolm Brogdon off the bench. And like George Hill and Malcolm Brogdon are just solid players off the bench that you can count on. That like if if there's a certain guy who's having an off night, like like an Eric Bledsoe, you can, you know, get him out. Because Eric Bledsoe had a terrible game yesterday. Like three for 16, five turnovers. Like oh, yeah. he basically yeah. like really, like he was the raps. He was basically playing for the raps they had yesterday. To. Like. Yeah, they they kind of had to bench. They kind of had to bench him, right? Like, but but at like various points, we're just like, oh, I can't I can't play Bledsoe yeah. right now. And then George Hill would kind of come out and bail them out. But then they didn't quite, you know, abandon Bledsoe completely. Obviously, he's you know they're up two zero. They're in Toronto, and he's been great for them all year. So they couldn't quite uh, commit to keeping him on the bench. But that they seem to be way better yeah. with uh, with George. Hill I think and- that actually was a mistake by Budenholzer to to tr- keep trying to trust Bledsoe because he clearly didn't have it that night. Uh, and George Hill was playing fantastic. Uh, and like clearly like the veteran in, in the room, you know, like George Hill's been there, done that. So he he really showed up for them. And that's like, to me, that's a key difference is like if our starting lineup or like several of our starting players on the wraps are having an off night, we don't have like a bench replacement for them. Like we don't have that right. possibility. Whereas the Bucks, like we saw it, I think like all three games so far is like, it doesn't matter if there are key guys that are having an off night. Uh, the Bucks have so many other good players to make up for that. Like Giannis has really had kind of a, a quiet, uh, a quiet series. And I think that's a testament to the raps. We should talk about like, yeah, not a lot of people I think are talking about and giving the raps credit in terms of our defense. Like, I think we've been doing a really, really great job with the Bucks. The only problem is they have so many guys. And like, as soon as you try to like, you know, give Giannis more attention and you like for a split second, you forget about Brooke Lopez on the perimeter and like, you can forgive them for that. Right. But next thing you know, Brooke is just nailing one in your eye and it's really tough. The bucks are really good. So, I mean, well, I was going to say, we should talk about the job, the job that uh, the Raptors are doing on Giannis and just in general, the team defense that Toronto has been playing. There was that really great question in the, the presser after the game about whether or not, Toronto's identity had kind of morphed in the playoffs to being like kind of a grit and grind team, uh, where a defense first kind mm. of thing. And and to to Nick's credit, he didn't take the bait on that at all because he clearly feels like this team has another gear offensively, and he doesn't want to be branded as a as a defense only team that's kind of gutting out these wins. He he wanted to speak and remind his players about how good they are offensively when they can knock down some open shots, which they're still getting. Um, but having said that, that. The, the reporter asking that question was not wrong. Like what has distinguished the Raptors aside from Kawhi 
has been their defense in these playoffs and, and the fact that that's kept them in this series. It was especially big in game three. And I do think that they've done an amazing job on Giannis. A lot of the, we, we've talked a lot about the U S media and the reaction in town here, stateside uh, to the Raptors. And it's more of the same. So I don't want to go into it. Uh, they're pretty skeptical about the Raptors and mostly putting this on a, a poor effort uh, from Milwaukee. But that's the one thing that has been frustrating down here is just that they continue to kind of talk about, well, Giannis is not having a great series and they're not crediting that to uh, the Toronto defense the way they did credit it to the Boston defense. Exactly. One, yeah. Uh, of the last. Round. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And key to highlights, like all the coverage has been about how like, oh, look, like the Raps, it took them double overtime on a Bucks off night. And that's like, no, like the Bucks were having an off night because we were playing incredible defense. Like, Well, and- I think you'll see it shift if the Raptors tie it at 2-2, partly because I think Golden State's... Uh, we're we're uh, recording here on uh, Monday night, so the, the Golden State Warriors are about to have game four um, with uh, Portland. And there's a good chance that that series will be done tonight. Um, and if it's not done tonight, I think people will continue to feel like it's about to be done. Um, and so... If the Raptors turn around tomorrow and were to tie the series at two, it is going to become the focal point of uh, the collective uh, media basketball coverage. And I think you will see a shift. I mean, whenever the, the series was starting, a lot of people picked the Bucks, and they and they were clearly responding to the Bucks' dominance up to this point, right, where they had only played nine games. They had a sweep and a gentleman's sweep uh, against Boston. Um, but if Toronto can tie it up, it's going to validate a lot of those people who sort of said, well, you know, this is a diff- different series against Toronto and these teams are very, very evenly and well matched. And it's it's kind of a toss up. It's a six or seven game series for sure. Yep. Yeah. And so I, ho- hopefully that will happen. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too. And I think ultimately, like the the way we make this a long series and potentially win it is our stars outshining their stars. So that's that, that's the ultimate battle here is like, I think. Ultimately, like despite the fact that they have probably the MVP of this year, Giannis, I think we actually have uh, the better playoff performer in Kawhi. And even if you go down the list, like I think I would put Pascal Siakam above Chris Middleton. That might be a hot take, might not be. But I think, you know, Pascal, despite missing those two clutch free throws uh, last game, like he was incredible last game. And he had that uh, crucial block on Brooke Lopez in the double overtime that basically sealed the game for us. Um, and yeah, and I think if, if like, if we have, you know, Kyle's been playing really well and if, if Mark, you know, show, shows the side of Mark that he showed last game, like that's what could potentially carry us through this series. Um, but if not, like we don't have a backup plan, whereas the Bucks, they just have all these like really, really solid guys. Like even Pat Connaughton gave them really like serviceable minutes, uh, yesterday and, and, yeah, like they're super deep and it's tough. Like you can't make mistakes with them because they they've got a lot of good guys who are smart. Uh, you say that you say that we don't have a backup plan. But what about the uh, playoff norm sighting? Yes, playoff norm. I mean, give give norm he credit. He was great. I he mean, was great. he was like we needed every single one of his points yesterday. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was that was basically to replace Danny. Like Danny was having a, a like not a great game again. Um, I'm sure like he, he had a few good defensive possessions, but again, like he's been having a hard time finding his offense. So yeah, we needed that. Um, well, and I, I think we're just, I, I, I've, I've hit this point a few times since we've started doing this, but, uh, 
OG. The absence of OG yeah. is so tough because if you have if you have Gasol, Ibaka, Siakam, OG, and Kawhi, that's five five forward guys that are that you can count on in, in for playoff minutes, and then that helps relieve some of the pressure for for Van Vliet, Van Vliet and uh, and Norm as the backup uh, backcourt. And unfortunately, we just don't have OG. So it feels like, you know, four guys got to hold it down and play the whole game up front. And if Fred can't hit a shot coming in for Lowry, suddenly you're you're really thin. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, OG would have been nice. Um, I like honestly, when the when the playoffs first started, because OG was having kind of so much of an up and down season, I thought like not really a big deal. But I don't know. It's, It's really been showing just because. I mean, I don't really know what to make of Van Vliet. Like he's he's been getting a lot of flack online. Uh, yeah. After especially after yesterday, like even like the Raptors subreddit, uh, they are out for blood when it comes to Freddie. Uh, and I kind of feel bad for him. I I don't think he was as bad as the box score suggests. I think he actually had some really good defensive possessions. Um, yeah, definitely. He, he he did a great job uh, as a defender, and that's, I, I mean you can play him right. Like he, the the lack of offense has been really frustrating and disappointing, and it creates a lot of problems for us. Um, but you 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 certainly don't mind him out there on defense. Um, yeah, that's that that was definitely true last night. Like watching him, he seemed to be he seemed to be effective defensively, yeah. and I just hope I just hope that he can. Because he had built up a reputation as kind of being like a big game shooter, like a guy who wasn't afraid of the moment and would step up and knock down like a really long three or just a big shot when you needed it. And he did a he did eventually get one of those shots in overtime. Um, but I think I think he finished one for eleven, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, one for yeah. eleven. Yeah, I, I have it here. And Danny Danny's kind of the same right now because he can't he can't seem to find the. The, his shot but he obviously is still a guy that you can count on to to be a good defender um but it's been frustrating uh norm was norm was key there was no way we win that game without norm um because Kawhi as go, as great as Kawhi has been there's just there's just no way against a good defensive team like milwaukee that just one guy can be going you have to have a couple other guys going um you talked about marcus Gasol earlier how great he was he was so good. Like when I was watching that game, I was just, I kept thinking about how Marcus Gasol is dominant. Like he, he really controls the game in a really like crafty way. Um, it seems like he just has to have no hesitation with that shot. Cause every time he looks to pass uh, from three, when he's open from three, he just, and then he eventually sort of reconsiders and decides to shoot. It always comes out unless it's, unless he just steps into it right yeah. away. Yeah. It's gotta be an in rhythm shot. And just like to just highlight and, how how good Mark was yesterday. I just want to read his line because I'm looking at it right now and I'm just like, it's amazing. So he, he had 16 points, 5 of 10 shooting, 4 threes, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, and 5 blocks. 5 blocks. Wow. So wow. he was just a stud out there. And and yeah, critical. And like, I, I want to actually give credit to Nick Nurse um, because there was a lot of talk before this game about making lineup changes, potentially playing Surge more. Mm-hmm. And credit Nurse mm-hmm. for sticking with Mark. Uh, and making the necessary defensive adjustments. So I think he put actually he put Kawhi Leonard on Giannis, and lo and behold, Giannis had an off night. No surprise there. Yeah. And then I think yeah. he put Pascal uh, many possessions on Brook Lopez to chase him around the perimeter um, to allow uh, to kind of give Mark some relief there, at least for some of the possessions, because obviously we saw Brook was killing us there in game one. So. Credit yeah. to Nick, but yeah, no. It's, uh, we we coming into the series, there was a lot of like you know the the 
kind of authoritative writers uh, of basketball were just like, hey, like, not to like uh, ruin people's party here, but uh, we're not going to see Kawhi on Giannis and Giannis on Kawhi because it just doesn't make sense to take your your biggest offensive threat, uh, kind of overburden them with a defensive assignment. But there was somebody, I can't remember if it was Zach Lowe or, or who it was exactly, but uh, mentioned that kind of, you know, the team that's in trouble in the series is going to have to go to that first. And that's what we, I mean, we were, we were clearly down 2-0. We're, we're in a lot of trouble in the series. It's kind of do or die now. And so we did make the adjustment, but it was very encouraging how effective it was. Like Kawhi basically shut down Giannis. Giannis was really not a factor when, when Kawhi was on him, I think uh, Giannis went one for yeah. nine. Yeah. I saw that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's encouraging. Forecasting forward, thinking about game four, thinking about game five, six, and seven when the Raptors finally triumph. Uh, do they stick with Kawhi on Giannis? Yeah, I, I think you have to at this point. Uh, I any concern? He had that knee injury or that leg injury or that leg seemed to be bothering him at least. I know he's going to play, uh, but is there just any concern that like the guy you're asking to do kind of everything all game long, uh, career high fifty two minutes? Um, I mean, is is he going to be able to? I know, it? yeah. I mean, it's concerning, but I think at this point, uh, we're at the point where you know we ride or die with Kawhi. I think th- I think that's. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, that's that's where we're at right now. The Bucks are a better team, and so if yep. we want to really win this out, we need a monster performance from Kawhi. And honestly, I see like what I'm seeing from Kawhi is super encouraging. Like he had multiple moments in that game where he could have just been like, oh, like. I can't believe like we're going to another overtime, like we're missing free throws. Like he had multiple, there were multiple opportunities where he could have, you know, maybe shifted down a gear and he said he kept going up gears. Like despite being yeah, hobbled, he came up with crucial steals, crucial deflections. Like he, he sealed that game for us. And, and that will to win is, uh, it's just like, it's amazing to see. And it's great that he's, he's showing that willingness to compete for us. And I think that's encouraging. So I was thinking about this at work. I was trying to think about this uh, rest of the series and I was letting myself get a little bit carried away and thinking about kind of ideal scenarios. But I think it feels like to me, it's really important. Not obviously it's important that the Raptors win game four and even the series. Uh, but I think even more than that, I think we need like a breakout performance, you know, like we need a start to finish like commanding win where you can actually get some rest for these guys like Kawhi, like Siakam, like especially Marcus Gasol and Kyle. Like if if they could go into the fourth quarter in Game Four, knowing that the game is is you know wrapped by then, uh, we could get some rest. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's going to be obviously that's wishful thinking. And if they're not if they're not well ahead, they're going to have to play the starters anyway. But uh, it just feels like if if we're going to get to uh, you know, meaningful game fives and sixes and have a chance to pull this out that got to find a way to have like just a breakout win, just like the Bucks did in game two, uh, where you can get your starters, if not some physical rest, just some like mental rest, right? Like just, just a game where it's not so high intensity. So, uh, so tense out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. might be wishful thinking, but it would be nice. Uh, (laughs) I think uh, to, to get that, we would really need to see an off night from the Bucks. Um, yeah, I, I just don't really see it happening. Um, I think I think actually, honestly, the mentality of the team right now, and I think we've talked about it all year long, and, and you've heard it from the players, is like when, when you ask them what their goal is, 
Uh, they don't say the goal is to win a championship. Like Kyle has said that, but when, especially when you talk to Kawhi, uh, he says the goal is to get to the finals. And I think that's what's been communicated to the team from Masai and, and sort of, you know, upper management all the way down through the coaching staff. And then, you know, it was, it was probably a discussion that happened at the start of the season was our ultimate goal is get to the finals. And, and because that, you know, we've never been there before and that will really, you know, help put Toronto on the map and really be like a level of success that we've never achieved before. And probably that was like the main bar set because they were being realistic about the fact that Golden State still has KD and maybe, you know, they were being realistic about that. So, I honestly think that right now we're in the mode of let's pull out all the stops. And I don't think anyone on the team from the coaching staff to the players are going to pull any punches, you know, complain about injury or, or, you know, minutes. Uh, And I think we see that with Kawhi's mentality as well. It's like everything is on the table right now. Let's see if we can get there. Yeah, no, that I, I've noticed that too, especially with Kawhi's interviews after the game, he's, that's clearly the goal he's focused on. I think it's a smart way to frame it anyway, because if they do get to the finals against Golden State, it just feels like this team would have such a, a burden lifted yeah. off of its shoulders, like that everyone could just play free and relax. And you might even see them go to more bench players and just be like, hey, guys, like we've done it. You know, let's see what happens now. Because I do think, <laughs> strangely enough, and I know we're down to one still, so it's a long way to go. Um, and I am I am focused mostly. For me, it would be a huge success to get through Milwaukee and get to the finals. That would be a, a burden lifted off my own shoulders as a fan. But I do think that, you know, there's a possibility that Durant's not going to be right when he comes mm-hmm. back. Uh, there's a possibility that it could be Cousins that's healthy, right, instead of Durant. And that's just going to throw off the rhythm. There, there, there may just be, like, if you go into that series feeling no pressure, feeling like it's kind of our, you've already done what you set out to do, and now you're in the NBA Finals, and kind of you just let the adrenaline carry you and see what happens. Um, if if any injury is still bothering uh, Kevin, uh, you yeah. never know. You never know. So I, I actually like the idea of the just like, hey, just get there, and then you know that's we've done what we set out to do, and why not? Yeah. <laughs> why not at that point? Uh, yeah. Take a shot. Yeah. But. Um, yeah. But having said that, how is Milwaukee going to adjust now to stop us from getting that opportunity? Um, in terms of the Bucks, like I honestly think, and and listening to the interviews, it doesn't sound like they'll probably do m- much in terms of adjustments. I think the key thing they'll focus on is how to get Giannis going against Kawhi, and maybe Budenholzer will uh, see something in the tapes that will be like, you know, that you know these are your spots, or you need to be more aggressive here or there. So. I, I would probably in game four, I would expect to see them try to get Giannis unleashed a bit more. Um, but I did actually want to throw this at you. Um, after the game, uh, I like, I, I, was, I think it was my friend who turned to me and was like, well, now we can lose this series with dignity. Um, and I, I definitely, I, I, <laughs> I agreed with that mentality that like, so I, we, we talked about, I think it was last episode about how like this, after that, that shot that Kawhi hit in game seven, uh, we, you know, that moment, uh, is something that can't be really taken away from us. And so because of that, we this this playoff run has some level of success at least because of that moment and because of that bond that we formed with Kawhi. But then as as this series has gone on, we went down 2-0 and that kind of blowout loss in game two, I did start to worry that the uh you know the the importance of that moment would have faded significantly if we had just been swept by the Bucks after that shot. Um, so I think, I think at least getting this one win <laughs> improves that a little bit, 
But I guess my question to you would be um, like, in what way, what is the worst way we could lose this series that wouldn't dim the light on that moment that we had uh, that shot that Kawhi hit? Uh, I mean, I think they need another win and especially at home. Um, If they lose game four, there's a chance that they've played their last game in Toronto. I think that would be a pretty painful way to go out. And I think that all the, you know, I don't know if this stuff is relevant to Kawhi and I don't know if it's relevant to the organization at all, but I think it is. I think, I think it still matters how the team, the organization is perceived in the United States as as a basketball organization and as a destination for players. I think if they get taken out in, in five games by Giannis's uh, bucks, that it's definitely, you're just going to see everyone come out and just say, Oh, you know, LeBron's gone, but now they're running into the bucks. And once again, the Raptors were, didn't have enough, you know, I think that'll be the predominant narrative. Um, Whereas I think if you see us like a hyper competitive uh, game four and five, and you force it back to Toronto for game six, I think you're kind of clear of that at that point, especially because it'll be very clear that the, best team in the East uh, outside of Milwaukee, if Milwaukee were to to win, it would clearly be Toronto, right? Whereas if you only get to five games, you can compare them to Boston who lost in five games. You can still ask questions about maybe Philly would have been a tougher matchup for Milwaukee. I I think they really have to stretch the series out to avoid feeling like that shot, that game seven shot was kind of uh, a wasted uh, achievement. But that's, that may be, too strong and uh it definitely will be too strong if it doesn't if that's not the way Kawhi is thinking about it um because because apart from going to the finals and apart from having a really great series against Milwaukee Kawhi re-signing will be the most powerful statement of where this organization organization is at yeah so if it doesn't if it doesn't influence his thinking at all then then no I mean then I think we're good um if that shot if he if he at some point says even if he's just putting a spin on it that that shot against Philly you know influenced him and just made him appreciate being in Toronto. If he can say that at some point as he's resigning, then, then yeah, this series won't really matter. The outcome, but yeah, per- personally, I feel like they need, they need to take it to six. They need to just have another couple competitive games and then whether they resign Kawhi or not, I think you make the statement. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, you're actually giving like, especially when it comes to the U S media, you're giving them like, even a little bit too much credit. <laughs> I think even if we lose in six, I think the narrative will be even still like, uh, like that was like cool and all, but you guys like losing in six is, is not close. Like it's not, it wasn't a close series. If you lose in six, especially by the, the standard that we're being held up to at this point. And, and I definitely, I agree. I could hear the narratives coming out. Like, LeBron is gone, but now they're facing Giannis. And I've already seen articles about that. I'm pretty sure the Ringer published one uh, before this series about how uh, Giannis is the new LeBron in the East and everything runs through him. Right, right. Uh, even though they haven't won anything yet, although they probably probably will have some success this this playoffs. But we'll see. Um, and I, I think they're... I think they're in trouble. I think Kawhi's clearly showed he's not going to uh, roll over. He's not going to stop being the best player in this series anytime soon. I think Marc Gasol is figuring out that he actually is one of their best players yeah. and that he's not just he's not just like the center that they needed. He's actually a star player that they needed. Um, I think Norm can play in this series. He's so athletic. He's so fast. He can he can deal with Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, I know they're a long team just like Philly, but they're not as... You know, they don't have that same combination of like length and athleticism, I don't think. It doesn't I mean, seem that way. Yeah. I just don't think. Yep. I, yeah, I just, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like Urson um, or Brooke or uh, Miritich are, are 
as uh elite level of athletes as like tobias and uh yeah um, yeah well uh, jimmy butler there's something about norm against the bucks because remember he was key for right, us uh, right. last time we faced them and we beat them at six right uh that was that was the yeah, breakout so I think playoff I, norm performance well and then and then the nice thing is too you can ask fred to just come in and just run the offense or just play good defense because you know norm's going to knock down a couple threes also i think danny green is just super due for uh a great shooting game in this series. He had one against Philly. What game was that? Was that game six? Uh, I think it was, or was uh, it game, game, game five, five? I think the, the one we went, went up three, yeah, two. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was it. yeah. So he's due for that. He's due for that again. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that tomorrow. So I, I think the Raptors, I feel actually more confident uh, about the Raptors right now after game three than I did after game one, which maybe isn't saying much because we just came off a win versus coming off of a loss. But I felt like a lot of other Raptors fans were still pretty feeling pretty good after game one. Whereas I was, I was nervous that they had just wasted that Kyle game yeah. and managed to to turn a, a win into a loss that that game three, just the way it went down, like Milwaukee, I just, I think maybe what it is is I just kind of reject the premise that Milwaukee played bad. Oh, I, yeah. they obviously, uh, obviously Bledsoe played very, very poorly, but I feel like Toronto's just got their number defensively right now. Um, that felt that went away in game two, which is why you saw the blowout. But we had a game, we had one or two games like that against Philly. Um, game three, I guess, was when we really just the defense just went away. Yeah. Um, and so you know you're gonna have one game. It's really hard to maintain like elite defense for for a seven game series. So that was our lapse, yeah. I think. And now I think we've we've turned a corner. I will not be surprised if we win game four. I will not be surprised if we. Uh, well, I don't know how game five will go because it's in Milwaukee, but I feel like we're unbeatable at home right now. Yeah. Um, we'll see. So, we'll see how it goes. Uh, just to let's shift the conversation a little bit, uh, I wanted to pose this question now because, you know, when we decided to record, we decided we were going to record today before the game yesterday, and there was a possibility that we would have been down 3 0. Um, and in yes. that situation, inevitability would have been that, like, we would have talked about the offseason and what our gut feeling is about that, and, and obviously the quiet situation there. And even now, though, I want to I want to pose a question to you, just like you, you from your gut, like just pure speculation, like forget about all the rumors like we've heard that and everything that you've heard. What does your gut say about Kawhi's mentality about Toronto? Because I have I have my own opinion, but I want I want to hear yours first. What does your gut tell you about Kawhi and his thoughts about staying with the Raptors next year? So I have. Two responses, and they're 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 related. My my the first gut, I guess you're asking for my gut response. My first thought is that he'll stay because I think he has a relationship with Nick Nurse. I think he has a really good relationship with his teammates. I'm sure he looks up to Masai as like this incredible uh, team executive. I think it's from everything I've heard from people like uh, Zach Lowe or Woj that are plugged into like what's going on in Toronto and they pay attention. It seems like they feel like things are moving in the right direction in Toronto. And they've, they've talked a lot about how the the medical staff has really had this really open line of communication with Kawhi's camp. I feel like the signs point to him staying, but having said that, I think there's just too many question marks about what the Eastern conference is going to look like or the Western conference for that matter, with all the potential player movement this off season. And I, I think Kawhi, if Kawhi looks over and sees a New York Knicks team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Len- Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving. Sorry, I always say Kawhi and Kyrie and get them mixed up. Um, Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis. I'm not sure that you think you have a path to winning with the Raptors at that point. Um, yeah. yeah. Conversely, if we, we didn't talk about this this scenario uh, 
we couldn't bring ourselves to talk about it, but uh, Jonathan Sharks with the ringer was talking about how the Clippers may have the best offer for AD at this point. So <laughs> that would be a disaster, obviously, if the Clippers go out and get Anthony Davis, um, whenever that's the team that's been linked to linked to Kawhi's uh, desire to play in LA in your home. So I think, I think that stuff's still going to be a factor. Um, if AD ends up playing for the Lakers with LeBron, I don't see Kawhi fitting in with that. Um, if Kyrie leaves Boston and you know doesn't have AD with him in New York, I think I think I think Kawhi could look around and be like, I'm in a really good situation, and yeah. I can I can deal with, I can overcome Giannis and the Bucks. Like the Raptors are going to get better um, in the yeah. offseason. They're gonna they're gonna flesh out their bench and they're gonna address these weaknesses because you trust Masai to do that. So I feel pretty good about Kawhi staying. Um, you know, assuming that a super team <laughs> doesn't move into the division. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. That's yeah, where I'm at. I agree. I, I, yeah, mostly I wanted to frame the question around like what what do we think uh, Kawhi's thoughts are about his experience in Toronto? And I think I agree like with the first part of what you were saying that everything seems everything that I've seen. And I genuinely believe that Kawhi has really loved it here. Um, yeah. And yeah. yeah, everything has has been showing that like I you you've never seen him as open as he's been in Toronto, like back in his Spurs days, you know, Everyone saw Kawhi as just this like robot enigma that no one really knew what he was like. You know, <laughs> people would question his his personability and how sociable he is. Maybe he has some awkwardness there. But ever since he's come here, like, he, yeah, every media interview that you see, he's in, he's pretty open. You know, so you see him joking it, after after the game three. I don't know if you saw, but he was joking with the media about how. Uh, he shared like a exchange with uh, Pascal after he missed the two free throws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, he was like, he yeah, yeah. He was like, damn, you're making me like play a whole hour of basketball tonight. And Pascal was like, sorry, why? I'll hit him next time. <laughs> and he was just like <laughs> laughing about that. And I, th- I think it's it's totally genuine. And and yeah, everything I've seen seems to show that he's loved it here. And I think if Masai, so yeah, then shifting towards you know the situation with other teams. I, I do think Masai should and can be, you know, aggressive in the off season to try and uh, show Kawhi that we can also bolster our roster uh, to be competitive, even if you know there's a KD Kyrie situation in the Knicks. Because honestly, they I I feel like they could sell Kawhi on the fact that even if the Knicks have KD and Kyrie, they don't have much else around him. You know, let's say they they don't the AD trade doesn't go through. Uh, or you know they they, they don't manage to surround them with solid role players. Like I I think actually Kawhi sees himself as on par with KD and can take him on one on one. I think and so obviously this is this is all you know relying on the fact that Masai manages to put together a good case and I believe that him and Bobby Webster uh, are like you know the best in the business or one of the best in the business. And there's yeah. no one else I would trust more than them to to really put together the best case possible. So I'm no, hopeful. I think that's I think that's all right. And uh, I I yeah I, I feel good about I feel good about our chances of keeping quiet. And I I look forward to uh, the shocked reactions uh, in the U.S. media sports media uh, when that happens when he announces he's resigning. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it, more than anything. That more than anything. I will say that. The Raptors are in a – we had a, a pretty doom and gloom episode a couple episodes back whenever we weren't sure what was happening in that Philly series. Um, but the Raptors are actually in a pretty good position either way. Yep. If Kawhi, if Kawhi stays, um, 
I assume that means Gasol will opt in um, and play out his his last year. Maybe he'll renegotiate for a term or something, you know, bring the bring the cap hit down and, and stick around a little bit longer. Um, I don't know if that's possible with Kyle as well. Like Kyle's got a, a pretty big cap hit next year, um, but then that's it. I mean, maybe you talk him down to a lower number for a longer term to give you some flexibility to add to that team. But alternatively, if Kawhi leaves, those are expiring contracts that, and Ibaka too. When's Ibaka's expire? Uh, same time as Kyle. So end of next year as well. Yeah. So you're going to have these pieces you can move for either prospects or good young pl- or, uh, draft picks um, and, and really build around Siakam yeah. and um, OG and stuff like that. Yep. Have you ever considered that Toronto might want to get in on the AD thing with with Siakam and OG? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think actually Toronto was in like the Vegas odds for like they were in the top four teams when AD was available um, uh, at the trade deadline this year. Like they were in the betting odds and they could have potentially put together a package. And I yeah, you'd never count out Masai like he. Right, right. He obviously pulled out the the Kawhi deal and you know they're constantly aggressive over there and if they manage to figure out a way to uh, get Kawhi to resign or show indication that he's going to resign yes it opens um, up that'll be exactly that'll be super enticing for player soon to be free agents or free agents that Toronto might be a destination right yeah so I think Um, I think we're in a good we're in a good situation honestly like uh you're gonna hear a lot of nonsense takes uh from certain people not not necessarily like the 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 good (laughs) the people we like uh in in the basketball coverage but people like skip bayless or something will come out and be like (laughs) if if Kawhi were to walk and you don't you're not getting anything for him obviously um he'll just say this trade was a disaster but i I think having jamar right now would be a worse situation to be in right with way worse way worse we're so much further ahead regardless of what happens i do have a lot i a lot of encouragement that Kawhi will stay and then i think we're well positioned to take this team you know that to make this team that much better um especially through improvements from the bench but you could also get like you could also bring in another high profile player i mean imagine if you had danny green coming off the bench instead of having to be your starter at the at the two like Yep. That would be incredible because that's a guy that you can actually bring in based on a series or a matchup. Say, hey, we need defense in that position, so we want to go to Danny. Or we need a three-point uh, ace, you know, and your shot's falling, so we're going to insert you into the lineup or, or play you more minutes. But right now, we just don't really have that, uh, notwithstanding no- yeah. Norm's uh, play. Like, we can't – there's or Ibaka or Gasol. Like, we don't have, like, that other look. And, I, again, I think OG gives you that other look a little bit. But, but um yeah, we're really we're really limited with what we can do with our roster currently, and that would change in the offseason. We would bring in either those like ring chasing vets who want to sign sort of below what they're worth to try and have a shot at, at winning the title. Um, but also, you just can you can make some clever moves, and you got these expiring contracts in the event that Kawhi's not here. I, I really would be heartbroken if they ended up moving Kyle Lowry, which I think is still you know vaguely possible. Um, yeah, it's why I'm like saying something, throwing something out there, like maybe he would just like. Uh, kind of sign a new deal like early termination and like bring his cap hit down for like a three or four year deal and we just retire here on a on a low cap hit but that yeah that i don't know Is, i don't know yeah, if that's in yeah. his interest at all but yeah yeah and and uh yeah to tie back to something where you said earlier uh like to me it's not an argument anymore like there's no argument to be had about if the trade was worth it or not whether or not Kawhi stays or leaves right like yeah. i think to me after everything we've seen this year like you, you it shouldn't be a discussion anymore. Like even if Kawhi leaves, this season has been a huge success. You see how necessary Kawhi, a le- a, you know, a level of star at Kawhi's level is needed 
to go anywhere in the NBA. Uh, that if we had DeMar, we were 100% not getting out of that Sixers series. We would have faltered, like not necessarily lost Orlando, but I, I definitely could have seen that going becoming a long series as well. And, you know, if, if Kawhi leaves, you know, like you said, we have all sorts of cap flexibility at that point and perfectly positioned for a rebuild. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and to, to bring up that, that doom and gloom episode that we had a couple episodes ago where we also brought up the rumors that that – well, the rumors that were being brought up in the media only about how the possibility of Masai might be going to the Lakers or the Wizards. Yeah. You heard these rumors. Yeah. Both of these rumors have been shot down since then. So yeah. the Lakers, I don't know if you saw, they've, they're they doubling down on Rob Palinka being their GM and president of basketball operations. And then the Wizards have been looking elsewhere and and no, no signs or mentions of Masai anymore. Um, so just, to, just yeah. goes to show yeah. that, you know, Anytime Toronto has something good, the U.S. media wants to take it away. From <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, don't, I don't trust see Masai them. leaving this. Don't trust exactly. him. Yeah, no, I, I think for all the reasons we just laid out, he's in like a pretty perfect situation. He's either going to have one of the best players in the league re-upping for five years that you can put the pieces around him and, and flesh out that bench and compete for a title on a consistent basis, or he gets to do a rebuild. Uh, he's, he's ahead of the curve on a rebuild, uh, which I, from what I had heard, there's, you know, that was something he always kind of had in mind when he came to Toronto was that he was going to get to build his own thing from the ground up. And it didn't really end up working out because the team was, has been good, uh, with, unlikely, um, initially yeah. when he made that Rudy Gay trade, I think it was right. Yeah. Um, yeah. they were supposed to start tanking and that just never, it never worked. They, they, they've just been so good. Um, and now, now, yeah, now they're in a better position than ever. So. I'm glad to hear that those rumors have been shot down. Uh, and I feel, I feel, I feel good, which, you know, I, I, like I said, I think I want to see this series go at least six games. Um, and, you know, put an asterisk on that because obviously I know it's going seven and we're going to win, but, uh, <laughs> as long as it goes at least six, I'm going to be feeling great about this season. Um, yeah, but I still think they got to show a little bit more, not necessarily for quiet, but just, just, if you're going to really be there knocking next year, if you're going to get those signings in the yeah. off season to flush out your bench, if you're going to yeah. take that next it, step, I think being the clear cut second best team in the East, um, if not the first best team is going to go a long way. Yeah, I, I agree. If, if anything is to show that, you know, with just maybe small tweaks to this roster, we can compete for a championship next year. Yeah. You know, like if we don't, if we go down very easily in this series, then if the bucks bring it back next year, we can't just, bring it back as well i think like especially yeah. since we're the ones with an aging roster and the bucks are have the youthful roster right so right right right, um, right. yeah if it's if anything to show that we have potential if we just make small tweaks to this roster rather than major tweaks yep no i feel good i'm looking forward to game four that's uh wednesday night right yep uh, uh no uh, no tuesday, tuesday night. that's tomorrow night. Yeah, oh tomorrow. my god yeah, they're only they're doing the every other night now it's incredible i constantly yeah. have a game to get ready for and very nervous for yeah yeah um is there anything else to add before I, well, we wanted to keep this a little bit shorter mid-series episode uh is there anything yeah. else you want to want to mention or, or put out there before we go i think that's it i think we covered it uh and i think next episode will probably either be cheering on and and getting ready for the finals and just being euphoric or you know talking about more of the what can we expect from the off season so yeah, and I, I just I, I think whatever happens in this conference finals, I'm looking forward to the finals this year because I don't think I don't think you can really argue that the Bucks and the Raptors are gonna be a better, tougher opponent for Golden State than uh the Cleveland Cavaliers were last year. I oh, yeah. I, 
I, as yeah. much as as much as it looks like Golden State's rolling now and they're going to be tough to beat uh, as usual, I think I think it's going to be a much more competitive finals than last year. So, a yeah. uh, lot of good basketball still ahead, and you know I'm looking forward to Kawhi Leonard being the the, the best player in the league, crowned the best player in the league in that finals this year. So yeah, yeah. Either way, yeah, basketball yeah. is very good. We love the finals, <laughs> and we we can't wait. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, let's go Raptors game four. Uh, I'll talk to you at the end of the series. Yeah, see you guys on the other side.